Come on, open up your Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10 this morning. 1 Kings chapter 10 verse 1 today. We're going to be talking about the church today. The church today. Now, the word says that in 1 Kings chapter 10 verse 1, that now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a great retinue with, with camels bearing spices and a very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, listen, she told him all that was on her mind. Poor man. Anybody ever had a woman that tells you everything that is on her mind? Bless his heart. And the word said in verse 3, and Solomon answered all of her questions. I wonder if he said yes, no, like us men like to do. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food that was on his table, the seating of his officials, the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath inside of her. Some translations say that when she saw everything that Solomon had to offer, it took her breath away. I don't know about you this morning, but when the world looks at what God is doing inside of the church today, I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a church that's taking the breath away of the world. Anybody in the house today, listen, let me just set this straight for you. If you're a guest in this house, I like people to talk back to me in, in, when I preach, okay? Uh, so I just want you to look at your neighbor and say, talk back to him this morning. Now I want you to look at me and say, preach, preacher. Say, say that again. Say, mm, that's good. All right, we're going to be friends today. I feel it. But I don't know about you. But I want to be part of a church that when they look at everything that God is doing, it is like they're just like astounded at the goodness of God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be connected to some believers that when they tell their testimony about what God is doing, the world, the unbeliever just stands back and says, Whew, I can't imagine a God like that. Anybody in the house this morning? Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for your goodness and for your mercy. I pray that today as this word is spoken that it goes into the hearts and lives and the minds of your people and it takes root and it becomes like fire shut up inside of our bones this morning. Lord, let all distractions cease. Anything that the devil has planned today, it shall not prosper in this house. So right now, Lord, we give you our undivided attention. Lord, our ears are in tune with your voice. Our eyes are locked in on your face today. Do a work in this house and the church said amen. 
Amen and amen. I don't know about you this morning, but I still believe that there is power in the local body called the church. Amen. I still believe that God is putting some power in, in houses of worship just like this for this very hour. And that whenever we gather together in his name, there he is. Amen. I believe that God is not finished with the church. I said, God is not finished with the church quite yet. There may be some churches that are finished with him, but he's not finished with us. Amen. There may be some churches that are finished with his teaching, but he's not finished teaching us today. And I believe with all of my heart, despite the negative Nancy's and all of the bad news in our world, I believe with all of my heart that the best days are not behind the church, but the best best days are ahead of us and they're waiting for a church to take and advance it. I believe that the church is a big deal. I said, I believe that the church is a big deal. And if it, the church is not a big deal in your house, if the church is not a big deal in your family, you need to make it uh, a plan to make it a big deal in your house and in your family because the church is, a, is still a big deal. If there has ever been a time, if there has ever been a moment when the church needs to know who she is and what she is supposed to be doing, it is right now. Amen. The church needs to be on your top priority list. The church needs to be in your top five. In the days that we are living in, in the days that we are watching unfold, the world needs to look at the body. The world needs to look at the church and see God's love and see God's grace. They, 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 whenever they look at the church, they need to see not just a building, but they need to see a people that are full of power and full of the Spirit. They need to see a people that are so certain in who God has created them to be they are so certain of the word that has been written for us. They are so certain in who God has called them to be in this hour. They are so certain that they will not compromise their faith, that they will not compromise their beliefs. They're not worried about popularity. They're not worried about personalities. They're not worried about being uh, voted the best church in Rome. They're not worried about anybody's agenda. No, but and when they look at the church, they need to see a vessel of honor. They need to see a vessel that's crying out in the wilderness. Say, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Come on this morning. Anybody in the house, you say, you know what? I feel like you're describing me today. I want to be that person. I want to be, I want to be a part of that. You, you, you've already put yourself in the I don't give a rip club. I don't give a rip what anybody says about me. I don't give a rip what anybody thinks thinks about me. I will praise him in the streets. I'll praise him in the corner. I'll praise him in public. I'll praise him in Walmart. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. You can have the world, but just give me Jesus. It's so important that we come together because the church is a big deal. The devil, get this, a lot of pastors will not tell you this, but let me be honest with you this morning that the devil really don't care if you go to church. There's tons of people that will walk into churches this morning and they will leave unchanged. 
They will leave just like they walked into that place. They will walk into that same, they will walk out with that same mind frame that they walked in with. It does not bother the devil that you go to church, but whenever you start becoming the church, it starts to make him squirm. I said he don't care that you go to church, but when you start becoming, Coming the church and knowing your role when you stop talking about the body and become the body the devil cannot stand you when reading this text this morning there's no doubt that Solomon was a great man that had God's hand resting upon him the queen of Sheba heard of him she heard about all of his possessions she heard about all of his wisdom. She had heard about his kingdom and palace. And she wanted to see it for herself. She wanted to see his riches. She wanted to experience his wisdom. She wanted to see all of these things. And the word says that she wanted to go see this man because she had tough questions that needed some answers. First Kings 10 one says that when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him. One translation that I was reading said that when she heard of his relationship with the Lord, when she heard about his relationship with the Lord, you need to take note of this because what made Solomon great was not his wealth. What made Solomon great was not his wealth. He had wealth, but that's not what made him great. What made him great was not his house. What made him great was not his resources. What made him great was not his kingdom. It, was, it wasn't even his wisdom that he's known for. No, what made him great was his connection to the Lord. What made him different from all the others in the palace was his connection to the Lord God Almighty. He would have been nothing if he was not connected to God. But because of his connection to the Lord, it somewhat put him on the map. Because of his connection to the Lord, it gave him favor. His connection to the Lord caused others to notice him when others probably would have passed him by. His connection to the Lord caused others to be drawn to him. His his connection gave him wisdom and people were just drawn from all across the land to this man. The question is, is the church connected enough to God in, the, in these days that the world cannot help but to be drawn to us? Churches we can get connected to denominations. We can get connected to affiliations. We can get connected to personalities and networks. And none of those things are bad. But sometimes we get connected to a person or a group and we feel like we have arrived. We feel like we've got everything that we need simply because of an earthly association. But the thing that makes us successful, the thing that makes us powerful is not our our earthly affiliations, amen, but it is our connection to the Lord God Almighty in heaven, amen. Come on, you can be connected to famous people, but not be famous yourself. 
You can be connected to anointed people, but not have the anointing on your own life. I don't know about you, but when people start talking about Legacy Church, I don't know about you, but I don't want them to talk about who I'm affiliated with. I don't want them to talk. I don't want them to talk about who I know or where I've preached. No, but when people start talking about Legacy Church, the first thing I want them to talk about and to take note of is that the Holy Spirit was in the place. Amen. I think we have great small groups. I think we have great community. I think we have the best hospitality, but I don't want that to be our greatest draw. Amen. I don't want people to be drawn to us because of our facility. I don't want people to be drawn to us because of our cameras or lights. I think we've got the best music and worship around. Amen. But I don't want that to be our biggest draw. Our biggest draw is not our greatest ministries and I'm thankful for all of those things and I hope they continue to be great. Those things may be good but those things but guess what? What draws the hurting? What draws 182 people to be saved in less than a year? What draws the hungry is the connection to the Lord is the move of the spirit. I don't know about you but My week has been too crazy to come into a dead church. My week has been too long to come into dead church this morning. I said, there, I've been through too much this morning to be quiet during worship. I've been through too much to come into a dead church that don't, won't even let the spirit. I don't know about you, but I've been through too much. I just want to be somewhere where some people are connected to God. Amen. The word says that the queen of Sheba came to him with hard questions. Get this. She had wealth of her own. She had power of her own. She had a name of her own. She worshiped her own type of gods. And with everything that she had, she was still empty inside. With all of her possessions, she was still wanting something that she did not possess. With all of her possessions, there was, there, there was, there was still not satisfying her. She had power, but it was not satisfying her any longer. She had so much, but she was still looking for answers. Church, you, we, we the church, we got to understand that in this very day, people are coming to church with hard questions. They are looking at the church and how we will respond. They are trying to ask the church some very hard questions. But do we still have the answer? Teenagers are dealing with some hard questions. People are searching through some hard topics. But the problem is that so many churches have gotten silent when the world is looking for the answer. We don't want to talk about right and wrong, we don't want to offend anyone. We want to be politically correct. We want to be love and joy and peace and harmony. We don't want to talk about what is sin. We don't want to call sin, sin. We don't want to talk about painful past. But the but you've got to understand, the world is still coming, and they are looking to the answers to these questions. And if 
we want to help the world, the church has got to have the answers. And guess what? The church still has the answer. I said the church still has the answer. The Holy Spirit moving is still the answer. Healing is still the answer. Restoration is still the answer. Redemption is still the answer. Deliverance is still the answer. Prayer is still the answer. The blood that he shed on the cross is still the Jesus is still the answer. Verse 2 says she came to Jerusalem with a great entourage. She had a caravan with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. She came to Solomon with all of these resources. She had great wealth. She comes to Solomon with all of these great possessions. And she's pretty much saying, Solomon, look at what I have. But do you have anything better? Look at what I have. Do you know of anything that I'm missing? Do you have anything that I need? The world is speaking to the church and they're asking, church, do you have anything better than I already have? Church, do you have anything that I am missing? When the world looks at you on Monday, do they see anything that they would want? When you were walking down Broad Street on Friday, when the world looks at you, do they look and say, he's got something I'm missing. And this is why we, the church, have to be careful that we are not becoming more of what they already have instead of being what they really need. I'm going to preach that again. Preach, preacher, that was so good. The church, we've got to be careful that we are not becoming more of what they already have instead of being what they actually need. This is why we, the church, have to be careful that we are not tailoring our services. That we are not tailoring our beliefs. That we are not tailoring the word written by the Lord, divine spirit that gave men this word, that we are not taking the word of God and tailoring it to fit the times. Because in this day, oh, it's so much easier for the church. It's so much easier for a pastor to give the world more of what they already have instead of what they actually need. I don't want the world. I don't want a lost person. I don't want somebody looking for a church to come into this church and we're just giving them a version of what they already have. I don't want them to come into this place and we're just... Mm, giving them a version of the world. But I want them to come into Legacy Church. I want them to come into this house and have a genuine experience with the Holy Ghost that will transform their lives forever. Why? Because it's what they need. The world is asking, Church, I have all of this stuff, but do you have anything better? 
I've tried all of this stuff, but do you have anything I need to try? Listen, I don't care what you drive. Nothing compares to Jesus. Tell your neighbor this morning, nothing compares to Jesus. I've searched all over, still can't find anything like Jesus. I don't care how big your house is. Nothing compares to Jesus. I don't care how big your closet is. Nothing compares to Jesus. No man, no woman compares to Jesus. No political party compares to Jesus. No amount of money. Nothing can compare to my Jesus. Gucci cannot compare to Jesus. The queen of Sheba. I don't care what you have. Nothing compares to my Jesus. The world wants to know if the church has anything better to offer than what the world has given them. And the answer is no matter what you have, no matter how much money you have, Nothing compares to Jesus. Verse 4 said, Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing that was too hard for him. The queen is estimated had traveled some 1,400 miles through the desert. It's an estimated six-month journey. Can you imagine being on the back of an animal through the desert for six months. She had some questions that she was searching for the answer. Can you imagine the conditions that she went through? Hot during the day, cold at night. I'm sure she was struggling for six months. I'm sure there was some times when she was on the back of a camel thinking, what am I doing out here? I, do I really need to know the answer to these? She was traveling through some rough, tough conditions. And guess what? Much of the world is in this same boat today. They are going through some rough and tough conditions. They are going through dry seasons. They are going through spiritual deserts and they are tired and they are weary from the pressures of this thing called life and they are exhausted from anxiety. They are troubled by depression but when they pull up in the parking lot, when they step into the legacy house, when they check in their kids at legacy kids, when they walk through those doors, we the church have to be ready to show them the answer. The word says that she was full of hard questions. The world is right there with the king, queen. They have hard questions. Dealing with hard sickness dealing with hard relationships, dealing with hard issues, dealing with hard strongholds, dealing with hard problems, hard anxiety, hard difficult children, hard idols they've been worshiping, hard addictions, and life just feels like it's too hard for them. But let me tell you something. When I was praying and preparing for this word, I felt the word whisper in my spirit, behold, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? Behold, I am the Lord. Is there anything that is too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for your God to do? I want you to know. I want the world to know. It doesn't matter how hard life is. It doesn't matter how hard your problem may be. 
It doesn't matter if you've been on this journey for six months or six weeks or six years. Guess what? There is still a God that can deal with your hard problems. Nothing's too hard for my God. People should come to God's house and find answers to hard questions. I said people should be able to come into God's house and find some tough questions answered just through the word. People should come into the house and, 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 and find what it is they are looking for in the word and through the spirit. Can the world still find a supernatural God in the day's church that can still handle their heart issues? I want Legacy Church to be the most friendliest church in our area. You're going to hear more about it beginning of this year. I want Legacy Church to be the most joyful church. I want it to be the most joyful place that people see all week long. And when people need joy, I don't want them to run to a coffee shop. I don't want them to go run to, to Target to find joy. I don't want, come on, somebody, man, you need to testify to this. Woo, somebody felt that. I don't want you to run to a pumpkin patch and take cute little pictures in your sage and brown outfits. No, I want them to run. I want them to run to Legacy Church when they say, I need some joy today. Where can I find it? And when you get here, they may notice the pretty flowers. They may notice our great music. They may notice the mints in the restroom. They may notice all of, y'all think it's funny. And all of that may sound like a success to some people. All of that may sound like a success to some pastors. But let me tell you something. This little pastor right here, I can't count it a victory until people leave this place full of the Holy Spirit and declaring, I have been in the presence of an almighty God. Can the world still find a supernatural God? in today's church that can handle their heart issues. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God that can handle our problems? There's no wayward child that he cannot save. Mama, there's no wayward child that he cannot save. Praying, Father, keep praying. Your child is not too far that God cannot reach him. There's no sickness that he cannot heal. There's no past that he cannot redeem. Nothing is too hard for God. The word said in verse four that when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, she wanted to see his house. She wanted to see how it was decorated. She wanted to see... His style. She wanted, she wanted to get inside. She went in his house. The place, it was his house. You know, the place you go to after work. Come on. <laughs> it was his place of rest. I don't even want to know what you do in your house. The first thing you do as soon as you walk through the door. Women, I don't want to know. 
Mm -hmm. Walk into the house. It was a place where if he wanted to, he could wear his pajamas all day. It was a place where he wanted to. He didn't have to worry about everybody else. He just walked in his house and it was his house. I want people to be able to come into Legacy Church and not have to worry about competition. You ever walked into a house of the Lord and didn't even feel welcome? You ever walked into the house? I want you to get in this place. You don't have to worry about who's on the board. You don't have to worry about who can vote you in or vote you out. I want people to walk into the house of the Lord and be able to experience a freedom like they've never had. I want people to walk into this church and not worry about what type of clothes you have on. Guess what? The days of stuffy church are over. The days of stuck-up church, they are over. The days of snooty church, they are over. Why? Because the crack house will open its doors to the world, but will the church? The bars will open its doors to the world, but will the saints? A pimp will, will, will welcome these people in, but will the church of the living God? Save your critiques for somebody else. I don't have time for critiquing. Save your long nose for another organization. Let your snide remarks go because you better get it out of here because I believe there's a spirit of revival that is about to hit our house and it will drive out every religious spirit that's been here for decades. You want to know how many churches have been in this building and there's little religious spirits that are hung up in a corner somewhere? I want the devil to know you better get off our property. You better get out of this house because a fire is coming to refine the house of the Lord. Don't go getting on religious on me now. I said, don't go getting religious on me now. If God did it for you, he can do it for somebody else. Yes, we say, come as you are. We don't say that because we say, come as you are, because we're just going to accept your sin. <laughs> Who felt that? We don't say come as you are because however you live, we're just going to be like, praise the Lord. You just keep being you, brother. Sister, you just keep doing, no, 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 no. That's not what that means. Some churches, it's what it means. But where there is the spirit moving, that's not what it means. Come as you are. We don't say that because we have this universal mindset and we're just like you know, children of uh, the flowers and we're tiptoeing around and they're just love, peace, and harmony and whosoever come on in here and you can just do what you want to. You can live like God just loves everybody. He don't care what you're doing. No, no. We say that because we know that if we, the church, do our part and we set an atmosphere for his presence to move that if you come as you are and have a genuine encounter with a God that can handle tough problems we may say come as you are but we know you that you will not stay as you are because whatever God touches, it's got to grow. Whatever God touches, it's got to change. We say come as you are because we know you will not stay as you are. Verse 5 said when she saw the food on his table, one version, I like it, said, when she saw the meat and bread, she finally stopped talking. 
You want to get a woman to stop talking, show her some carbs. You, I just said somebody free. Some man is like, say that again. She saw the carbs on that table. Woo, it took her breath away. Does the church have enough meat and bread flowing from the pulpit, flowing from the house to satisfy those that are hungry for more? Some of y'all ain't going to like this. Get your boots on. We've got too many spiritual snackers in the church. You eat on Sunday, but snack on gossip on Monday. You eat it on Sunday. You come in here and you eat for free on Sunday. You, how, how do you eat for free? You haven't prayed for your church. You haven't prayed for your pastor. And the only, the only reason you pray for your pastor is like, he better have a word today. He don't know what I've been through. He better be on fire. You know why you, know why you want me to be on fire? Because you're not on fire. <laughs> Ooh, I felt that. Spiritual snackers. Come in and eat on Sunday. And you snack on bad music on Tuesday. You snack on inappropriate relationships on Friday night. I pray like never before. I pray legacy has enough meat and bread that you don't leave this place hungry and go snack on things of this world. It said when she saw the food on his table, Get this, the seating of his officials, the attendance of his servants. She saw their clothing. She saw his cup bearers. Get this. She walked, let's, let's, let's watch this. She walks into the palace. She gets through the gate. She walks into his house. She sees the table. She sees his officials. She sees the attendance of his servants. She sees their clothing. She sees the cupbearer. She walks in and she saw that everyone knew their role. She saw everybody had a responsibility. She saw them working together in harmony. She watched as they worked together to better the palace. She looked around and saw, and saw nobody sitting in the corner thinking, I don't, I don't want to serve today. She looked around and saw nobody being like, I want to be in the kingdom, but I really don't want to help the kingdom. Whew. She looked around and saw unity like she had never seen before. She saw everybody doing their part. See, the church is a place you don't just come to unplug, but you come to plug in. A lot of people are like, I'm just, I just come... I just want to unplug today. They that wait upon the Lord, I'm a waiter today. And I just want to wait. I just want to sit. No, no. You don't come to church just to unplug. But you actually come to church to be the church and to plug in. Come on. And when the world walks through the doors, do they come into this place and find a church that is divided? Do they find us unfriendly? Do they find us disgruntled? Do they, do they find the church angry? I want the world to walk into this place and find a place of harmony and joy. I said I want them to walk into this place, it's like they walked into Disney World. I want them to walk into this place 
and just find unity like never before. They've watched division all week long on their job, on the social media, on the news. I want them to step into this place and feel like a spirit of you. The world needs to see a church that loves but is not weak. The world needs to see a church that knows how to stick together. Band, help me out. It said, verse 5, when she saw the food on his table, when she saw the seating of his officials, when she saw the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, get this, when she saw his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, it took her breath away. Did you catch that? Did you, did you hear that? She saw the table. It was great. She saw the unity. She took note to take back to her palace. She saw everybody working. Whew, it was amazing. It was great. But when the queen saw his worship, when she saw him worship, it took her breath away. When she saw his pursuit, when she saw his hunger, when she saw his fate that would not waver, it took her breath away. She'd seen a lot in her day. She'd been through a lot, but she had never seen anything like it. Let me tell you something. If you really know me, you know I love music. I love music. You can ask my staff. I walk around singing all day long. They'll, they'll say one word and I'll come up with a song about that word. I'm just like a jukebox inside man. I love music. I love all kinds of music. I love good music. Listen, there's a lot of churches that have music, but do they have worship? Because you can have music and not have worship. I don't want to be just a church that has good music and leaves out the worship. There's a lot of churches that have good music, but do they have a worship? I don't need to be in a house of performance. I don't need to be in a concert hall. I need to be in a house of worship in this hour. Whenever the week I've been, I need to be in a house of worship. Why do we sing it one more time, Pastor? Pastor, why do you get up here after we've already been singing 35 and a half minutes and you're up here like, sing it again, sing it again, sing it again. Sing it again. Why do you tell us to raise our hands and press in? Because that's the difference between music and worship. Worship happens when you get beyond and you press in. Some may get impressed with the facility. Some may get impressed with our hospitality. But let me tell you something. Worship cannot be replaced. Breakthrough happens when you worship. I said breakthrough happens when you know how to worship. Chains start breaking when you know how to worship. Demons start trembling when you start. I said demons start trembling when heaven comes down to earth when you worship. Church folk need to take note today. Come on, stand with me. There's a difference. Some of you ain't gonna like this either. See, there's a difference in church folk and saved folk. That's what I thought, thank you. Church folk want it predictable. Church folk 
wanted an hour and two minutes. And some of you, how many times have you looked at your phone or your watch? Come on now. Church folk want it predictable. They want it cute. They want it clean. They want it their way, right away. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Come on, pastor, don't upset us. But saved folk, they got some tenacity. Saved folk, they got some grit inside of them because they remember what God did for them. They remember where they were and they say, look what the Lord has done for me. Church folk like good music. Saved folk just want to worship. Church folk needed flawless. They needed in the right key. They, they need sister better than you to sing it so they can worship. Saved folk, we just need a melody. We just need a beat to stir something up in our spirit. You want the world to get hungry for your God? Start worshiping him. You want the world to get hungry? Start worshiping. You want your co-worker to get hungry? Let them see you worship the Lord. Come on, will you just raise up your hands with me this morning? Come on, let's sing it out this morning to the Lord today. Go 